the Greens with Us podcast is a woodworking podcast featuring Jason, Ben, Brian, Sedley, and Ben Marshall. They are always YouTubing and playing with the festival stuff. This episode is brought to you by me, Hans, from Hans's Panzerbrats. Do you have a grumble in your tummies? Maybe you'll spend too much time sanding construction pine with your gator papers. Don't be hungry, be happy with Hans's Panzerbrats, the meat that explodes in your mouth with all the flavors. Now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Marshall and Jason Ben, welcome back to yet another, the 35th episode of Green Series Podcast, which just so happens to be a community episode. That's right. We take all the questions, comments, concerns, complaints, and somewhat mediocre ideas from our listeners, whether on Instagram, on Patreon, YouTube, wherever. And uh, we make an entire show to answer those questions. That's what drives the entire show. There's no... What you've been doing, what you've been working on, and that stuff. We just get straight into questions. Oh, really? And if you just so happen to notice, Sedge isn't here yet again. I'm starting to think that he doesn't like the community episodes. That's why he doesn't. That's why all he gets is a pickup pen. That's right. Because he's not, he, not committed. He's no. We have more podcasts on our belts than, than he does. All because so of his concerns. regular job. Oh, I, gotta, I work at Festool. Well, what, what did you want to do? Get bent or something? I mean, we still do get bent. Oh. But because well, we do don't, honestly, we don't really have a lot of questions, I thought maybe we could talk about what we've been up to. It's up to you. I don't care. It's it's either way. People just love listening to our luscious voice. Okay. Two minutes go. Do you? Oh, I can't, Ben. I can't do that. You can't. You can't. (laughs) You can't strap time limits on me. (laughs) What about a giveaway? I'm a I'm a peacock. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. This is a May episode, Ben. That's right. This is a May episode. Break the big news. Well, we already broke it in the last podcast. Did we? Yeah, I was probably drunk. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you want to uh, have a chance of winning a Sedgley from Leather by Dragonfly, make sure you go to our website, which, we, which will be in the show notes, and enter your chance to win a Sedgley, a custom-made Sedgley. And it's open to shipping in all 50 states, even those that are in Alaska and Hawaii. I like the pronunciation. Ch- it was good. Get your chance to win. That's how you're supposed to say it. Oh, Alaska, like a question. Alaska. Alasaka. Alasaka. Alasaka? Alasaka? We need to ask Jess Crow. She'll tell us the right way to say it. Alasaka. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when I'm it, trying to find a pen. When is Sedgley, everybody? The greatest little pouch ever made. By Michelle, supposedly from Leather by Dragonfly. S- supposedly mines in route in the mail. Oh, really? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he said that he would send me one. Can't believe they're going to give you one. The perks of of being a green suitor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the perks of being an influencer. Everybody, <laughs> I'm totally I've, I've influencing s- people right now. I've still been in, in a pseudo. Actually, no. Yeah, let's talk about what we have to do. You I am kind please of go first, Ben, because I want to hear what you have to say. And really, I need to go to the bathroom and get another beer. So go ahead. <laughs> so 
I've been doing a lot of wedding planning, a lot of coordinating. Wait. Are you going to go pee? I was joking, Ben. But why are you planning the wedding? I mean, we both are. You're a man. (laughs) The only thing that a man plans for the wedding is the bar. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Yeah, you say that now. Um, let's, buddy. Look, <laughs> this isn't my first go. Yeah, you're kind of an expert at this point. <laughs> Second time's a charm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, but uh, did that over the weekend. Had a really good time. Or, yeah, did that over the weekend. And last night, because I went to Richmond again. Um, but anyways, but to woodworking, uh, I ventured out to some of the local mill places. I saw that. Um, picked up some walnut, a big slab of it, uh, big eight quarter slab of walnut because a lot of people have been sending me messages on Etsy, potential customers asking if I would stain it. And again, to the answer is absolutely not. I will not stain. I will not touch stain unless somebody pays me like an exorbitant amount of money. But anyways, so went and picked up this walnut. I uh, milled it down, and it was too thick. I I don't have a bandsaw, and I didn't want to mill it down. to Because what I wanted to do is to get it down to about an inch or so, maybe a little bit less, because the stools that I make out of Baltic birch, that's three-quarter or 18 mil. And so... I figured, okay, if I can get it down to 20 or 24 millimeters, then it would aesthetically look about the same. And so I, again, I milled down this walnut slab to about 42 millimeters. So you basically put, um, you just took dollar bills and ran them through your planer? Pretty much, yeah. 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 I, I got about $10 worth of walnut shavings. Yeah. Um, th- thinned it down and... Um, and then did the dominoes and assembled. And I was like, man, this thing, it just looks too thick. And uh, I was like, well, I wonder if there's a way that I could uh, taper the insides of it, taper it in towards the middle so that when you're looking at it, it looks thin. Uh, but it still, you know, maintains the durable strength and stuff like that. And so I got out the HLA 50. Well, I, I drew my lines out to taper all the sides in. Um, and just started using the, the HL850 to, to taper it from the outside towards the middle. So there's like this spline kind of in the middle of the stool. Um, I, I think it looks really cool. I still need to finish it. And I I did one one of the one of the four pieces for the stool. And I will probably I don't know if I'll make an entire YouTube video out of it because I don't really see how that would be a highly searchable term but i could use it as additional footage if i ever decided to make like a review video of hla 50 or some other kind of a video of hla 50 but again won't be a full feature youtube video but i will record portions of it just because i think it looks really cool nice yeah i saw it looks pretty cool how i feel like it'd be very hard doing it the way you're doing it to make sure that all of them are exactly the same and meet up at the same points so i i drew um, all of the, the negative space that I'm going to cut away. And I, with the HL850, I just turned it on the very lowest setting to, to shave off or to shear off the wood. And then I'll do it about a millimeter above the line. 
and then I just go in with some 80 grit and just um, knock it down, but then matching it up at the corners with the with the pieces meet. So, God, it's a lot of work. Makes sense. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. It is, but you wouldn't continue but, but to do that the, in the future, right? No, no. I'm just doing this because you spent the money I, on I had to buy wood. And, yeah, yeah. I bought eight. I bought eight quarter wood. Did they not have um, walnut ply? No. I mean, I would have to order it, and then I would have to get walnut edge banding, and so. Yeah. The, I think going forward, there 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 is another mill. It's about thirty five minutes away from here. That I would hope that they would have four quarter, six quarter walnut boards already. Do you not know anybody local to you that has a bandsaw? Not that I know. I'm sure there are, but no one that I know. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, because you're literally just throwing money in the trash at that point. No, I know, and and I told I told Jen I was like, yeah, there there is a tool that I could use to to not waste you know the wood, but then I'm gonna have to buy a dust collection, and I need the right power, and it's just it's too much work, and I don't I don't work with hardwoods enough to um to warrant the purchase of a bandsaw, nor do I want a bandsaw. I'd rather just buy it at the thickness that I need it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, because you, I keep forgetting where it is that you live. So I'm sure that unless you like, maybe I don't know, because you probably ride your motorcycle up to Jen's house all the time. I guarantee you, there's places up there, cabinet suppliers and stuff like that. But how are you gonna get well, back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there is. But um, my my area, there are a lot of mills in my area, but they're all uh. They they just distribute it globally. Nothing is sold. I mean, there's, it's it's not profitable for them to do that. Yeah, it's like Hartzell. There was there was a um, a a mold maker that I used to get a whole bunch of scraps off of, like whatever he couldn't use to make molding. I would just go and buy it from him. He used to do flooring too, but he ended up selling it uh, to another guy. And I I went there yesterday, the day before. I was like, hey, is, does Garrett is this still Garrett's? Molding shop? It's like, no, I bought it from a couple of years ago. I was like, well, damn. Well, I used to buy stuff from him. He's like, no, I don't do that. Yeah, so get out of here, great. bearded freak. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's all I've been up to. Jason, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, and again, try to be as brief and succinct as possible. Let's keep it to maybe 45 minutes. Okay. Because we all know you like the sound of your own voice. Well, I mean, so does everybody else. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think this podcast is a hit, Ben? <laughs> I mean, let's be. Do you re- think it's because you? Let's be real. And the other guy. Yeah. You know, maybe I need to put up this silver play button behind me right now in the office. <laughs> that way, you know. Yeah. You show some respect. <laughs> yeah, show some respect. <laughs> um. No, I mean, things have been. Things have been moving along. It's just a lot of stuff, man. Just a lot of stuff. Um, the whole debacle with the drywall stuff. So for people listening, I, they've been watching my Instagram stories. I know like I've been going back and forth. I was going to hire it out. Then I went and bought the stuff and was like, I'm going to do it myself. And then I started to mess with it and I'm like, I don't have the time for this. So I, I still hired that company to come out. And this is what blows my mind. Two guys show up at eight. With one cup. Yeah, two guys in one cup, and they started doing some really <laughs> weird stuff in my garage, and then they left. I, it was weird. I don't know. 
<laughs> none of the drywall got hung. They had a bunch of cameras. Yeah. Um, but why does it smell like peanut yeah, butter? Brown streaks everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, these these two guys show up at eight eight o'clock in the morning, eight thirty. Pull up and f- and you already had all the you already had all the drywall there, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and they walked up, and it was one guy didn't speak any English at all. The other guy understood and spoke a little bit of English. But I brought him in the garage, showed him, so I knew they were going to be good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was a, that was a joke. Sorry. Um, but seriously, they were. <laughs> they were fantastic. They showed up, and I showed them everything. I was like, this is what I need. I need a gap at the top, and I need, I need a gap in the corners, and blah, 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 blah. And so I said, you know, the, the, the green glue tubes that I had are 28-ounce uh, tubes, right? Yeah. So you need a 29-ounce caulking gun. Well, I didn't have one, and I asked them. I actually asked Ramon, who is the – He's the head guy, and those are the guys that do the drywall for his business. You should have gotten Sedge's automatic caulking. It wouldn't work. It's too small. It's for regular caulking. Mm. Um, So I was like, I told him, and he was like, oh, I'm sure they have one. Well, they didn't bring one. So here it is, 8 o'clock in the morning, and these guys are like, we'll just run to uh, Lowe's real quick. So they go to Lowe's. They come back in like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, and they get to work. And I'm telling you, at 1240 – they were, they were leaving. Now, did you, did you double layer any of it, or, or just single layer? Well, no. So single layer on the exterior walls where there was no drywall, and then on the yeah. interior walls that already had a sheet of five eighths, and I put another sheet of five eighths over it. Did you overlap it like with the joint lines? Yeah, they were offset. Okay. So none of the joint lines were in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they actually went vertical with the drywall on the interior wall on one of the interior walls the long wall they went vertical um and it actually worked out perfectly that it didn't overlap and then they went horizontal on the interior wall going into the dining room just because they were able to cut it to where it didn't overlap but i barely said anything to him i just kept going out and checking and Watching these guys, I'm just like, what in the heck? I love watching guys do drywall. I really do because the little tips and pointers and tricks that they do are things that I would never think of, and they're so good at it. But these sheets, I'm, I'm talking, are super heavy. These two dudes that showed up, tiny dudes, tiny, scrawny, skinny guys. And I watched one of them take a full sheet and around where my garage door opener is, so he cuts the hole before he hangs it. And it's like butt up perfectly against the wall with a little quarter inch spacing that I asked for. And he lifts this board up by himself, lifts it up down from the bottom, puts it all the way up to the top of the ceiling. They adjust it to where it has the, the right gap at the top and on the sides. And the other dudes just kind of stand there and he's just like zip, zip, zip. And he lets go. And then he moves on to the next board and the other guy just goes and starts doing screw. Yeah. It was amazing watching them do it. But I only have one complaint. Well, two. Um, this drywall is really tough to work with. It doesn't cut and score like regular drywall, and they cut everything using like a roto zip type tool. So the edges were really nasty and dirty on a lot of them. Mm. And wait, did they mud it too, or they just hung they it? just hung it? Oh, okay. So 
I was looking at that and I'm like, God, I'm not a huge fan of that. And some of the holes that they cut, they don't line up with the electrical outlets very well at all. 80% of them do. The other 20%, I'm going to have to go back behind it and cut just so I have access. Because yeah. I actually have to get the spacers to extend the electrical outlets out five-eighths of an inch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to cut. And then they cut some that were oversized. So like now I'm going to need like an oversized plate to cover the hole and small stuff, right? Um, better than yeah. I would have done myself, I mean, if I'm being honest. And then in yeah. a few spots, they left way too big of a gap. And so... The reason why I wasn't totally okay with that is because I only had so much of the soundproofing stuff and there was like an inch gap in some places at the ceiling. I had to fill that whole void. So I ended up using a lot more than I intended. Of the glue. And because there was so much, it actually took longer to dry. And it says give 48 hours, which we did. But if it would have been a quarter inch, I think we would have been fine. Um, So that threw everything off by a day. Um, But I, I mean, in terms of like... They did a much better job than I would have done. I mean, that, that's yeah. just bottom line. And and in a much quicker time too. Yeah, four hours. Four hours. It was fifty something sheets, right? No, it was twenty six. Twenty six sheets in four hours. And today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, they came and uh, Ramon, who's the, it's his company. Him and a buddy of his came over and they. Uh, did two coats of mud and did an additional coat on the ceiling to fix the stuff from when they built the house. Looks fantastic. Um, That's awesome. And they're coming tomorrow to sand it. And so as soon as they're done sanding tomorrow, primer's going on the walls. Oh, yeah. So Did you buy the the gray coat gun? No, I'm getting it tomorrow morning. But so you're still going to buy one? I, I think I am because I, I just I don't so, I don't want to deal with rolling it. It's going to take way too long. What What – Turbine is your wait. Do you have the Apollo or do you have the the Q? I have a five stage Apollo. Same thing, basically. What? So how come you won't spray it? It's that's not. It's not meant for that. For that big of an application. I thought with a, thought with a five stage that you could though. You can, but I don't want to fill that cup up every ten seconds. Oh yeah. It, it's it's not it's not designed for that. It's designed for like yeah finish work. yeah i would never yeah. you know paint clear, walls clear or that yeah yeah clear coat or staining yeah for all my staining yep spraying all my walnut stain on pine yep yeah because you if you did if you did paint you'd have to get a whole new tip you'd have to get right because you can't use the the standard 1.3 that's for no i'd have, have to I'd get definitely, a larger I, and i have additional larger tips but it, that that system is just not designed for that you could do it yeah. yes but it would take you forever how much paint can you put in the in the in the Graco that you're going to get? It operates out of cans or five gallon buckets, so that you, you're not filling anything. Oh, so it's like a hose. Yep. That, so it's hose. Fed. Yep. I'm going to prime and it so that and spray so, it until so the can's gone. So that means that it's lighter too. Oh yeah. The gun is when you're spraying. Yeah, it's just a gun connected to a hose. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So I'm going to do that. That'll be my first time using. So I put some uh, stories. Wait. So you can connect it directly to the paint can. Yeah. The tube, you... How much is this? Like, for the one I'm getting, I'm getting, like, their entry-level DIY model. Um, it's, like, 330 bucks. And then I'm going to get an extension. That's, like, 15 bucks. Uh, so I can, you know, paint the ceiling standing on the floor. Um, 
I'll probably get a different tip, uh, one more suited for what I'm going to be spraying out of it. But yeah, and I, I put some stories out about it and asked people and been watching a bunch of videos and stuff. And just about every message I've got is like, I've owned two of those that I bought specifically for projects. And then I sold them for what I bought them for. And the thing is great. It's awesome. Um, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. You know, don't expect to, you know, do your whole house exterior with that. There are some limitations, but you know, for it being as inexpensive as it is, and it's my garage, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. if I can use it later on interior walls, like if I like the, if I like how it, then absolutely I'll do that. Because it's airless, right? Yep. Yeah. And I've had a couple of people that were like, well, you know, you should, if you're going to do it, get this model at a minimum and get this gun at a minimum. And then, you're, you know, now you're talking a thousand bucks or more and it's like, well. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not going to be using it. I'm not finishing houses for a life. Yeah. For that, a that, to me, that just defeats the, the, the purpose. I, I agree that, yeah, you, you get what you pay for, but I'm doing this to expedite the shop. Yeah. 300 bucks, a little bit of money on paint. I could pay somebody to come in and paint it because Ramon, the guy that did the drywall, he's like, do you want me to give you an estimate to, to paint the garage? And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do, honestly, but I, I know it's going to be, I might actually ask him that tomorrow. I'm like, how much do you think it would cost to paint this? Because if it, for someone else to come in and paint it, they can be done with it in a day. If it would be the same price as me buying the paint and that gun, I might just do that. Yeah, yeah. Because now you're now you're now you, I don't have no to worry longer, about it. Or, yeah, and you can do something else while while they're doing that. Like you could just watch them. Yeah, drink beer and sweat. Yeah. So breathe, breathe, breathe heavily. My 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 goal. My yes, yes, like that. Do it. Yeah. My goal would be. By the end of this weekend, my shop is painted and my lights are installed. Do you have those yet? Oh, yeah. Yep, sitting right next to me, actually. He, he finally sent me, um, and when I say he, everybody, I'm talking about um, the um, owner at American Green Lights. Jim. Forget his name. Jim. What is it? Uh, Jim, yeah. He finally sent me the model for my basement. He's like, hey, I sent you this back in February. I'm like, no, you didn't. But I have it now, and so he, he gave me the quote for it. So we'll see if I um pull the trigger on that. We did uh, 48, 48 watt LEDs this time instead of 24, which the 48 was actually the original plan on the last shop. But when it came time to ship them, uh, he was out of them. So he's like, I'm just going to send you more 24s, and this would be the the layout that you have to do. So, so what you have now is 24. What I, what I have in my old shop. Yeah. That's but why there's so the many. 48s. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I have like half the amount of lights now. Damn. And the, the layout's the different. Same height? Um, it might be like six inches taller, mm-hmm. but the layout's going to be different too. So basically think of a perimeter all the way around the exterior of the room. And then a row mm-hmm. right down the middle. That's kind of how this one is. That's it? Mm-hmm. Damn. That's how, um, I think, that's how Nick Keys is. Yeah. I'm excited. Should be correctly. easy. Should be pretty easy. We don't have to get an attic or anything. We're just going to run wires between uh, the lights. So I'll 
I'll first go around and install all the lights. And then once they're all installed, I'll go back and run wires from each one, like actually, you know, leave them long. And then I'll go from light to light and just connect all the lights, you know, leapfrog them to the next one. So that's awesome, man. So still looking like mm, last week of May, your, your shop will be up and running. That's the hope. Um, Cause you already got the electrical done, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just a time thing. It's going to be like a couple hours a night here, a couple hours a night there. I'm doing dust collection a little bit differently this time. And I'm working with uh, Jay Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent him my original order so he can take a look at what I already have and what I would what I would need to achieve Could, the cause you, new layout. You kept all the, all the extra stuff you had, right? Yeah. From the yeah, which is great that I have extra six-inch ones. I'll probably need a couple of those. I'm going to need a couple of like... I don't know. We'll see if it, if he you know lets me know like hey you have fifty percent of what you need and the other fifty percent is going to cost a thousand bucks or something like that. I might go. I'll probably just stick with what I did before then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me, but still sick. Yeah, man, I've been sick for like two weeks. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, you sound like a little bitch. raspy. Sound like a man. Nicole loves it. I would say that, but. Because you can't talk as much, or oh, I can still talk plenty. I just sound super sexy, and it <laughs> it really counters all this. You know everything she sees. <laughs> yeah. Just wear baggy clothes and keep your voice raspy. Yeah. So anyway, here, keep with this, keep with this bag over your head. Yeah, and just talk. Um. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. It's uh. It was just a lot, man, you know, a lot to do. And I was standing in the, the old shop today and I was like, we're moving this shop next Saturday and I still have a lot of stuff I need to get done before next Saturday. And in reality, like, do I need to? No, I don't because I'm going to have all these people to help and it's going to go super fast. Yeah. But that's not me. When I'm, when I ask for help, like I moved almost damn near everything in our house by myself mm-hmm. until I needed people to help me move the big stuff. I don't, I don't want people to come over to my shop and be like, dude, the, you're not ready to move yet. Like, I want them to come in and be like, all right, yeah. guys, everything's gone, but these things right here, it'd be really nice if I could get some help. Take, you know, an hour to load, an hour to download, and then we're drinking beer and eating burgers yeah. and brats and stuff. Like, yeah. just yeah. BS, and that's, that's what I want. So yeah. Thursday and Friday, I will have two full days at my other shop getting as much out of there as I can and then uh, use the help load everything into a lift gate get it moved it's awesome man just a little bit of a little bit of community help yeah i've got like five by the time this comes out my move will already be over but i've got like five local guys besides like sedge and ed's gonna come up again and rick and um so i mean you're talking imagine eight eight dudes moving a few tools and getting them loaded up like i mean it'll be I'll almost feel bad that they drive all the way all the way over there and then come with me to the new place. You know what I mean? But yeah. it'll be fun. I'll make sure it's it's worth their while at the end of it. So awesome, man. Glad that the that the end is nigh. Yeah, ish. We'll see. At least for the shop. I just want it to be done. Because you know, right I'm also trying to do stuff for Nicole, like I installed a fan. I installed a light. We just got three more lights today that she wants me to change out. We got a water filtration system for under the sink. Now she's talking about ordering a new sink. 
And, you know, I obviously want her to enjoy these things. So it's like, okay, well, I got to, I got to do that too. And then I got to put this your way. I got to put this in the basement. I got to cut the grass. I got to do all these other things. So it's, I'm trying to like do a a million things a day right now. Oh, and by the way, Mm -hmm. still haven't done a damn YouTube video. And it's been like six weeks. I know. And it's, and you can't really say that this has been a break quote unquote for you because you, you just been, you haven't made a video because you just been busy. Well, I'm feeling guilty. Like I, I've been on YouTube for years now and I've never gone this long. Welcome to the club, buddy. Ever. So I've been stressing about it lately because I want my first video to come out, you know, talking about, Hey, I moved everyone. Cause unless they're following me on Instagram, they don't know. Yeah. And then I want to talk about like struggles and in this new shop and, and what I'm doing to overcome them and show my design idea on SketchUp and all that stuff. And from there, then it will just be, you know, I'm going to do a video on installing the garage door insulation, the lights, the mini split, the uh, mod- modifications I did in this shop, the noise noise um, problem. That's I'm really excited about doing that video. Um, just a lot of stuff. So... It'll come out. Nothing's going to change. No one's sent me a message yet going, hey, man, I've been waiting. My whole life's been been in shambles because you haven't been uploading. I've been waiting six weeks for you to. What gives? Oh, have you noticed I've been posting more on Instagram? I did. You know why? Because it's easy? No, because they finally offered me to be a part of the uh, Reels Bonuses program. Oh, really? Yeah. How's that been working out? Ah, uh, so far, I mean, nothing much, but I think I posted four reels now and I've earned like 150 bucks. Hey, it's 150 bucks more than you had yesterday or last time. Yeah, and uh, I was never making any money off Instagram, but here's what's absurd is that they change it every month. And I wanted to bring this up because I know there's a lot of people out there that are wondering about it, but I I can earn up to $8,500 a month. Damn. You know how, you know how I earn $8,500 a month? Selling your body. 85 million views. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. I'll never hit that. A hundred bucks for every million views. I Well, in the beginning, you get paid a lot more. Um, it's like an enticement thing, I think. I've talked to Ronnie Fulton about this a lot, but let me, let me just pull it up real quick. I can tell you while we're on the podcast. So currently, I have... Mm, let's see, four reels. And every view that you get is not, it's not necessarily like a bonus view. Only certain ones are. And, and it's like kind of backdated. I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, I have 55,000 views between those four videos and I'm up to, uh, oh, $105,000 or $105,000. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, $105.55. So 100 bucks. So how much, and, and these were like videos of you just doing um, stuff for the move. It's like not pre-existing content. Uh, one of them was, two of them were previous. I'm just kind of playing with it because I'm like posting every day now again, but I'm trying yeah. to capture stuff. It gives me, it invigor- reinvigorates me to post because I'm getting something out of it, but it's worth the effort. And the whole reason yeah. I got away from doing that on Instagram is because 
it was a lot of work, and it, what was the point? Something had to give. It wasn't yielding it. Yeah, it wasn't yielding anything. Yeah, I can't waste a bunch of time, you know, posting things on um, Instagram that aren't earning me revenue when I could be taking that time to put it towards things that are earning me revenue. But And I'm not doing anything really right now other than moving stuff. So, yeah, you know, I got the, the word, and I was like, oh, crap. Well, let me start doing it. But then I saw it was like 84.2.02 million views. That's how I achieve $8,500. Ridiculous. That's crazy. I don't, I've been on Instagram for years. I don't think my, all of my videos added up together equals 84 million views. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Kind of. All right. Well, you ready to get into these burning questions that were submitted by the community yes. at large? All right. Well, since I went first with what I was doing, how about you tackle the first question? Okay. I'm going to pick one that came in on Instagram. Um, this is from Rick Bino. Rick.bino. Can you talk about the best dado blade for a table saw? Um, I can talk about my dado blade for a table saw, and I have the forest dado stack. Uh, it's great. However, comma, um, my dado stack uh, is an alternating tooth bevel on the two exterior blades. So it gives you those little pointy ears on the ends, and all of the chippers are flat grind. So you get a nice flat surface, but on the exterior portions of it, you get that tiny little, that tiny little ear. I don't love that. Because um, it leaves draw lines yeah. in the cut, right? Yeah. Like each little corner is a little point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't love that. Um, when I'm doing dados, some, a lot of times I actually, unless it's a three-quarter inch. Flat tooth. And a long one. I like to use a, a ripping blade because it's flat top grind. Um, mm-hmm. if I was to do it all over again, and there are some dado stacks out there that I would like to try. Forest is obviously a fantastic blade company. Um, and I got a really good deal on it from a buddy of mine that was getting out of woodworking, but, um, I would, I would look for something that was a, a flat grind for all of the, all of the blades, um, because it'll give you that really clean look. Now, if you don't want to drop the money on a dado stack, and you don't want to worry about changing your blade out all the time, I will say that that Woodpecker's Rip uh, rip Flip with a single blade, ev- or even uh, you know two blades, maybe you do do a dado stack, but you just do quarter inch and make multiple passes. That Rip Flip thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is incredible how accurately you can dial that in. I mean, I was cutting, um, I was cutting dados with a single blade, so perfectly fitting that I could slide that board in and like clip it down, right? And I could lift it right off the table and it was perfect friction. fit, friction fit. Yeah, for, yeah. Every single time without fail. Yeah. Um, and that rip flip is not that expensive, which I couldn't believe because it's woodpeckers. Yeah. But there's not a lot of parts involved with it. Some aluminum and, you know, a couple of stops, but that thing is awesome. <laughs> um, so... That's also a, a, an option. I think you can actually get the rip flip for a lot less than a really good dado stack. So that's my answer. When when I had a table saw, I had the uh, the Freud dado stack. Um, 
I mean, I had it for years. I didn't use it often, but I mean, I, I don't really have any complaints on it, but I also don't have any other experience in it. All right, so the one that I will go with is from Barrio, Barrio Woodworks, and he asks, you mentioned maybe being a minimalist woodworker. That's a fascinating concept. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's a minimalist woodworker. It's just I don't want to have more than what I actually need. You know, uh, I, I can't tell you how many people's shops I've been in, and even my own shop years ago, where you would have a lot of this a lot of the same tools that do the same job or, you know, unless you're working production and you have employees, do you need three circ saws? Like, no, you don't like you're only one person. You can only use one tool at a time. Why do you need to have a whole bunch of extras? And so that's just the, that's how I try to accomplish things. Like, you know, I have a Conturo. I don't have a need for any other edge banding applicator, you know, um, I think that if, if depending on on what I do with my with my channel, you know, I, I probably wouldn't even want to keep the products that I review. You know, I would hope that I could send it back, or you know, I, like I, I just don't I want I don't want to have a whole bunch of extra stuff because that's just going to take up more room and it's going to get in the way of me like organizing my shop better. So, I if if. When I see the word minimalist woodworker, I think of someone that has like a pole saw and like a drill, and that's it. You know, you could do a lot of things with just those two tools, but um, yeah, I, I just try not to have duplicates of anything unless it's like material. And I try to do the most amount that I can with the tools that I have. And that's pretty much it. What about you, Jason? So, um, I think I know what he's getting at here. I, I take it more as like, I, when I look at minimalist style, and this is all stemmed off of your conversations before, I know we talk about it incessantly on the podcast, it seems, but I think about it a lot, man. Like a whole lot. Like like what, what Downsizing, parts of that? Like things that I... Yeah. Th this is a double-edged sword. And the reason it's a double-edged sword is because... It's great having lots of things. It's great having lots of ways to do the same thing. The reason for that is because I've said it before. I could make I could get by without a table saw. Mm -hmm. I absolutely could. I could do all yeah. most of the cutting that I needed to do at my assembly table or with another tool in my shop. That doesn't mean it's going to be as easy. So that's where having a lot of tools is nice mm -hmm. because then you're, you're not limited to what you have. You're limited to what you choose, right? So yeah. I can make dados without a table saw. Yeah. Arguably the absolute fastest way to make those dados is probably going to be the table saw or a router table, right? But depending on the yeah. size of the material, table saw is probably the best way to go um, and the most repeatable. So, but I could I could do without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the minimalist thing in me is like, do I want, like I'm starting with a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. So I'm keeping that in my mind. Like, do I want to have all these crazy things and gadgets out on the wall displayed and, you know, or do I want them? Do I want a nice clean environment? Do I want things to be in drawers? Do I want 
to be super organized and get rid of all the clutter that I'm not using. Um, I think about it constantly. Mm -hmm. I've made the comment before about, you know, I was thinking about downsizing my table saw, you know, going yeah. from what I have. I like the idea of incorporating a lot of tools into each other. But again, the thing that stops me from doing that is sure. It'd be great to have a router table built into my assembly table, but when it's time to use it, then I got to set it up. You can make sure everything's yeah. right as opposed to just having one that's already set up and I just use it when I need it. But then that mm -hmm. takes up space. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my take on it. Like I would love to have a cleaner, more minimal environment and maybe not have some of the big tools. I talked to Eric Barber today. He found a really good deal on a A326 uh, joiner planer combo. Mm -hmm. And he was asking me my thoughts on it. And I was like, dude, it's awesome. And at that price, it's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. I loved how small of a footprint, you saw it, how small of a mm -hmm. footprint that thing took. Yeah. I saw 10 inches of joining and planing capacity. Guess what? It was never a problem for me. Now I have the 16, yeah. takes up a much larger footprint. But is it nice to have that capacity when I need it? Yeah. Have I ever used it for 16 inches? No. Could I get by with something smaller? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely could especially in my shop, I could still be using the A326 and be just fine. So it, it's almost like, it's not FOMO. Uh, we'd have to like even come up with a better term for it. You know, it's it's like um, humans, we, we have this, this knack to, to get like whatever the, I don't want to say top dollar, but the highest capacity of something that we can, we'll get it just because it's, that's the top capacity, you know, because you might need it someday. Yeah. And that's, and more times than not, that's completely fabricated in our imagination. You know, yep. it's almost like the, the hundred bit router set idea. Yeah. Why? Well, maybe, maybe I need this Roman, uh, Roman OG seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There may be, there may be a day, there may be a project when I really need this, but, um, at the, at the end of the day, you need to do what, what's going to um, make you a good woodworker, what's going to bring you the enjoyment of, of the craft. And for me in my, in my shop, it's not having more than what I really need. And it's, it's having a, um, a shop that feels open and not crammed and not overcrowded with projects and stuff. But that's, that's me. You know, some people I've seen on Facebook, they have like four inches of sawdust like when I say all over the ground, I mean completely all over the ground. Yeah. Um, that it just seeing the picture bugs me, but for what, you know, it doesn't bug that person. So, I mean, as long as it's not causing an issue with whatever your setup is, it doesn't really matter. Like it's your shop, do whatever you want. But if it's, if you've noticed that it's a problem, maybe downsizing or maybe minimalizing how much clutter you have is a good solution. You know, I think it's one of those things so that you don't know. And if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you don't know until you go through the experience like that router bit sets a perfect example. That's a really enticing product for somebody starting out. But for me, it's like, I would never in a million years ever buy something like that. No, no. But in the beginning I would have been like, Oh yeah, you're right. hundred percent. I need that. I think That's a I cool have profile. It looks different. I need to do that. And then you're like, why did I ever buy apart, this? Apart from the bits that came with my shaper, I have, maybe four bits and they're all straight flute. Yeah. I have, I have one that's an upcut, I think. 
there there have been a few times where I was like, man, it'd, it'd be really nice if I had a um like a thirty degree chamfer or something like that. But I have the HLX fifty for that. But um, yeah. What's the next question you want to handle? All right. Um, let's do. So I'm just going to read a, a couple of these real quick that are funny. You don't have to answer it, but uh, ADK Medic 3234, why do they put Braille dots on keypads of drive-up ATMs? It's a really good because point. It's ch- because it's cheaper to have the same thing as opposed to trying to making different SKUs. Like they have it for walk-up ATMs so that blind people can access their accounts. But for the drive through ones, it's literally the same machine. Why would they create a separate keypad for it? It's just it's about reducing costs of materials and changing. Have, you know, anytime you change something or have to make a change, it costs money. So just make it the same thing for everywhere, even though a blind person's never going to use it. Well, thanks a lot, Ben, for ruining that one. It was supposed to be well, funny. That's that's why. Uh, Next time I'll ask dumb questions, AKC Medic, yeah. <laughs> ADK Medic. He's great. It was funny. He put three laughing faces, all right? He did. Tilted laughing faces. Tilted laughing faces, so you know he meant it as a joke. Uh, one more funny one, and then I'll read a real one. Cheney Concept says, ranch or blue cheese for Seggie's wingies? Ranch. Blue cheese, my friend. Wait, he does blue cheese? He's a blue cheese guy. Man. Yep. Man, you really don't know I was trying to think about. Well. I was trying to think about workmen. Well, obviously, I haven't been around him as much as you have when wings are being consumed but i always thought that he was a ranch guy i'm a ranch guy oh speaking of that why uh sedge is not with us everybody is because he's at the rubio uh event in austin that is why he is not with he's with that idiot mike coffee and daniel dunlap <laughs> uh, and peter kapar they're all there all the cool kids doing doing weird doing stuff rubio things I'm just kidding. Actually, it looks like a fun group. Minus Mike. All right. Um, I'm, I'm actually tr- okay. This is from Fitzsimmons Custom Woodworks. I'm going to choose this because we were just talking about jointer planer combo. I'm interested in a planer jointer combo machine. Why did you, Jason, choose the hammer versus others? Um. So when I was looking, the only other. Uh, company that I even thought about uh, was Jet. Um, I steered away from Jet mainly because of what I had heard about the Jet um, from people that use them and own them. Um, I know people that are very happy with them, but I also know people that have had nothing but issues, whether it's ordering parts or uh, the small jointer planer combo. They have like two versions of it, like a larger one and then a smaller one. The smaller one, from what I understand, is just awful. Um, but my experience was with the hammer because Jay Bates had one, and I got to use it at his shop. And when it was time for me to look at one, that was really the only the only company that I considered. So it's a fantastic machine, fantastic company, uh, and you you pay you you're paying for a service basically. It's not just like oh, I bought this tool today and it's going to be delivered this day. There's a lot more that comes along with it and um, the customer service and everything and the reputation is just really, really good. There's other companies out there uh, that make 
make machines, but I, I didn't consider any of them. Right on. Ben? All right. This is a quick one. It comes from TSM315 on Instagram. Just wondering, where can I watch the podcast rather than just listen? So we upload the audio and video versions of every podcast on our Patreon page. Every Friday it comes live for patrons. But if you want to watch the video, watch it Sunday. It And you can also listen to it free on Sunday through Patreon. So go to www.patreon.com forward slash green suitors podcast and you can watch every single episode um, on the Sundays that they come out and all of the previous ones. So we, we have a YouTube channel, but it's I, I don't upload there as, as frequently as I do for the, the Patreon page. So if you want to watch video, go to Patreon. Yeah. You can watch it. And while you're there, become a patron. That's right. So I can afford another Ferrari. All right. Um, I'm going to do ground zero underscore AR on Instagram. After hearing about your situation with Harvey, do you still recommend the G700? I haven't talked about that on here, did I? Mm, no. I, I must have so. talked to him separately. Um, and I apologize if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, we had a conversation about it. <laughs> I have lots of conversations. Um, I I wanted to address this because I didn't think I talked about it on the podcast. So last year I was sponsored by Harvey. This year I am not sponsored by Harvey. I'll talk about that in just a sec. But with that being said, that doesn't change my opinion on um, the tools. If I think most people probably figured out by now, like if I'm going to put something on my channel and talk about it, I'm so selective when it comes to sponsored videos, which is why I've done hardly any of them. Um, I would hope that I've earned people's trust by this point, right? Um, and if I'm saying something like you can, you can rely that it's my honest opinion. Um, so yes, I still love the G700. Um, I will, I will state if I had a massive shop and I had really long runs, would I still use that machine? Probably not. Um, and the reason is because of the fill capacity, because of the bag capacity, and because if I had mm -hmm. super long runs and I wanted an extremely powerful dust collection setup, then of course I would want something more powerful. Um, I'd probably go with like a five stage or a, a five horsepower, you know, cyclone unit. Mm -hmm. um, but for being in a garage, it's 20 by 30. It's fantastic. <laughs> and the fact that yeah. it's quiet is also great. Yeah. Um, so that's a concern for me now. So it just depends on your situation and how long a runs you have. Um, it's a great machine. It really is. I, I don't have any complaints about it. It's other than it has a kind of, it takes a little while to, to start up, which I don't love because of the VFD, but I've gotten used to it and um, the bag capacity. But, <coughs> excuse me, to go on the Harvey thing, um, I'm not really sure why. We're not still working together. I actually had some pretty cool plans uh, this year. I mean, I kind of, I do know why. Um, a lot of it's money-based, but um, I wanted to do a lot of really cool things this year, and I, I wanted to put a G800 in the shop and test that out, compare that to the 700, and I wanted to put a Harvey table saw in the shop for a while and, and you know, use that and give my opinions on it since so many people asked me, and they basically just kind of kicked me to the curb. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's unfortunately the way it is, right? It's... Working with sponsors, that's why I try not to rely on sponsorships because it is a 
it is a very they're, they're fair weather friends yeah fair weather friends we may have talked about this because you you just mentioned that and i remember you said that on another podcast but it's tough so it is what it is you know i'm not i'm not going to get on line and start bashing harvey though now you know it didn't if i did that then people would never believe the stuff that i said in the first place so yeah you know it's it's still a good machine. The the bandsaw is great. I haven't. I just still don't use the bandsaw a ton, um, but they're good machines. I've had good experience with them. All right, this is from Mus- Mustache Noskivi on Instagram, and they ask uh, separate accounts for your woodworking or keep it all on the personal. So that really depends on the type of content you're putting out. Are you are you creating educational content with woodworking or your personal? Are you creating uh, inspirational content or are you creating entertaining content? And so if you are, if, if you are the, the main attraction, like your personality, like there are so many people that watch Jason Hibbs bourbon moth because he's Jason Hibbs. Like if you look in the comment section of his YouTube channel, there are people that say, look, I don't even do woodworking. I just like to watch these videos because I think you're funny. That's, that is, uh, his personality is entertaining people. If, and again, if you're just trying to like show people how to do woodworking, how to do, um, how to build stuff, how to make reviews. And, and again, unless you have a really strong personality type, uh, I would keep them separate. Um, you have to think about how people are going to view your feed if uh, depending on what your personal account is, like what's on it, if you're showing pictures of what you ate that day, um, that is for people that are solely invested in you, not necessarily what you're teaching or trying to show with woodworking. So it can get very muddled very easily when you do that. Um, bigger accounts can get away with it because they have a bigger audience and they have more people that are attached to them. But again, depending on your following and what it is that you're trying to achieve with um, a woodworking account, it's best to keep it separate. So that way people that want to see your woodworking skills or knowledge, they, they can go to that place because, you know, if they come back one day and they just see like a hamburger, they're like, well, they're not going to engage with that. And so it's, it's just going to get buried in the, in the algorithm. What do you think, Jason? Um, I think it's definitely dependent on what it is you're trying to achieve. So at the end of the day, if, do whatever makes you happy. Um, yeah. If you're trying to grow an account, yeah, you should keep it on brand. Um, yeah. say, use your, unless use your you, stories unless for other you stuff. Are the, unless you are the brand, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. just understand that, you know, it's, it's easier to, I, I don't know. This is a weird convers or a weird rabbit hole we could go down, and I don't necessarily want to. But do whatever makes you happy. But if you're trying to grow and be specific to woodworking, then you know post woodworking content. And as your account gets bigger, yeah, you can start branching out. You're gonna have sponsorships that create different opportunities for you to post different things. But um, for me, I like to keep things relatively on brand. Um, like I'm actually gonna start branching out going into retirement. And getting more into the Ben's woodworking and more stuff, makeup and, and makeup, makeup Ben's woodworking and makeup, um, and like I because of the the way that I like to instruct things and the comments that I've been reading on certain videos that I've done, specifically the flooring video, 
Like I want to cap. Hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this eyeliner. We're gonna use this eyeliner yeah. today. Okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I want to start bringing that same technique to other tasks that a homeowner would find helpful. Yeah. Um. Because it's gonna be beneficial to a much larger audience, and could that drastically change the trajectory of my channel? Yeah. Is it gonna piss some people off that now I'm not just doing woodworking stuff? Yeah. But I don't care. Right. You already pissed people off just doing woodworking. Yeah. So what's the difference? Yeah, I don't care. You know? You're never going to make everybody happy. If if you don't want to be a part of my audience, bye. I don't care. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, but if you find value in the stuff that I'm putting out, then great. And that those are the people that I want in my audience. You know, I'd rather have yeah. 10,000 people that love everything that I do than 100,000 people that, you know, only want one certain thing. Like I'm not creating content Your body. for, yeah, my body, uh, my pear-shaped body. I'm not doing content <laughs> just, just just for those people. I'm creating content because I like it. I just it's for the people that like my sand shape my sandbag shape body. Yeah. I like <laughs> making content that people find helpful and they tell me. Yeah. That's it. Period. Yeah. When I dude, lately like you you know how good You like knowing that Yeah, you like knowing that that the work that you went out there made a difference for someone else. Like you want to and I don't mean to say sound like cliche or or corny, but you're you're changing people's lives with the content that you make. Yeah, you know that that flooring video. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about that video lately, but dude, I'm just getting comment after comment after comment about how this is the best video on YouTube about this topic. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I was totally intimidated by it. Now I'm going to try it. I just did this. It was amazing. Your video is incredible. That kind of stuff. That right there. And, and that's and that's when you said, well, you should also read the article that I have. Yeah. That right there. And I guarantee you, 99% of the views that I've got on that video are people that are not were not subscribed to me for woodworking content. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a natural evolution. Look at everybody else in this space that has these massive accounts. What are they all doing now? House stuff, yeah. They're doing everything, woodworking, also, house stuff, renovation, DIY. Why? Because it's a bigger audience. Did you see the, the well, do you ever look at the Amazon affiliate percentages? Uh, not anymore, like, not since like they cut them. These, I, guess what's at the very top of the list? What? Home. Yeah. Like home items. Oh, yeah, which is why you see all these bloggers and stuff that all they do is redecorate their house with the same little trinkets off Amazon. Yeah. They're probably making a killing. Way more money than I'm making. Oh, I bet they are. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want to hit the, you want to hit the two that are actually on our question thing? Uh yeah, we can go there. You're up next. Oh, I'm up. Oh, let me mm -hmm. Which one did I have? I don't think there's any other like Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Let me do one more that was on there. Um, Jason Autry. Yeah, Jason Autry on Instagram. Um, he actually was very helpful to me. I believe it was him. He was very helpful with me today about the, the sprayer. Oh, yeah. All right. All he writes is set the depth from the face frame on bloom slides on inset doors so the door front is flush. I assume what he's asking is what is the depth setting if you were using a face frame application on bloom undermount drawer slides and you wanted your drawers to be flush inset? Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what the number would be, but you obviously have to take into consideration the thickness of your material, 
right? And typically with the Bloom, at least the 563H, you have to have a three millimeter. If I remember correctly, it's three millimeters. It might be two. Um, uh, setback from the edge on a frameless. Um, so it's not perfectly flush with the frame of the, uh, the edge of the cabinet on a frameless application. It's actually set back two or three millimeters. I'd have to look at the book. Um, or reference my YouTube video talking about installing f- bloom undermount drawer slides. Um, so what I tell people, so I've done inset, but I've done inset on frameless. I've tested it out using the, w- w- not doing that setback plus the thickness of the drawer front. So I think a misconception would be like, okay, I'm I'm doing the thickness of the drawer front. I want it to be inset. I don't need to set it back now any further. That's not necessarily true because when you clip the drawer into the box, depending on the thickness of the material you're using for your drawer box, that also comes into play. It does have a slightly proud of the the slide. And this is really hard to explain without visually showing it. So what I would tell people to do is follow the same procedures, but add the thickness of the drawer front to it. And that's where your, your slide would go mm-hmm. on top of that. If it's a face frame application and it's supposed to be uh, flush mounted, the sizing of your drawer box and the placement of your uh, slides is going to be slightly different too, because they're going to have to be internal from the, the sides of the cabinet because yeah, from the face because frame. of the face frame so you're gonna have to have spacers yeah. behind that but on your first one what i would recommend you do is install it using what the manufacturer's uh, book recommends try that out based on the thickness of your material but use the just use a couple of the holes that are adjustable and then that way you could really dial it in and figure out exactly where it is then find the center line of that hole and then you can use that to measure uh, anything else that you would do from that point forward. So might just take some trial and error, but once you do it once, you'll never have to do it again. Awesome. Sorry. I always do that. That's Anytime fine. I'm using hinges, I don't care if I've used a hinge 20 times. I will always test it out. Um, drawer slides too. I will always test. Well, drawer slides not so much anymore, especially if I'm doing frameless because I've done them enough times now to know. But um, anything that's new, I will always test it to ensure that everything is right before I actually go through execution. Awesome. All right, you're up. I'm sorry. All right. Um, this comes from Ed Mancini, uh, one of our patrons, and he asks, if you had to choose three things for a newbie woodworker to focus on, what would they be and why? Um, so I, I would focus on skills, not tools. Uh, I think some people think that they have to get a certain tool just so they can be good at woodworking and, and that's not the case. So I would say, you know, obviously you, you do need a few tools to get started. Um, don't go all out getting the best thing. Just get what you can grow off of. Um, and try to f- build as many projects as you can with just those tools. Um, the next thing would be to learn about wood movement and how that affects projects, how to how to design and, and build projects properly. Um, and that goes in with like moisture content and stuff like that, understanding how that works, how that affects things. Um, and then 
trying to think of a really good third one for someone that's brand new. It's Ed. Tell him, don't suck, Ed. Yeah, that's a good one. Ed, don't suck. Um, let me see here. I was just, I'm just trying to think back of to when I first started woodworking. Um, and just trying to think of all the mistakes that I had made and stuff like that. I would say don't don't try to rush through getting projects done. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes, and I, I think that it's kind of inev- inevitable. And just just have fun with it. You know, don't don't get so pressured about making a mistake and um, doing things wrong or or having to start over. You know, it, at the end of the day, that the only thing that you should ever want to lose is is the time invested, and that's it. You know, obviously nobody wants to lose money on materials and stuff like that but that's kind of the nature of the beast and um you know pick pick projects that interest you that way you have a better chance of following through with it because you want to see it completed um and yeah just enjoy it jason what do you got um for me the first one is don't be afraid to do something because you haven't done it Mm -hmm. um doing something that you haven't done and making those dumb mistakes is what helps you learn, right? So do everything you can early on um, so you have experience with it and don't be afraid to say yes to a project because it's for a client you haven't done it, right? If you screw up, spend more money and learn and then later on that won't be a problem. Um, I like yours. Focus more on the techniques over the tools. Um, I'll To further that one, I'll say learn, understand what the tool does and learn what the tool does um, before making big purchases. Um, the more you understand about it, the more you'll appreciate what a better quality tool does. Um, and three, uh, venture, get away from using construction grade lumber early on. Um, and the reason I say that is because I feel like everybody kind of starts the same. They go to Lowe's and Home Depot and they think that that's the only place that there's wood, right? It's not. And Nicole was with me the first time I ever went to a lumber yard because we were looking for wood to make <laughs> the new dining room table that I was going to build us. And I was amazed. I was amazed. Change It changed everything for me in woodworking. And then being able to work on a project and not having to worry about breathing too hard and it denting the wood, like, <laughs> was incredible. So... um Get away from, from start working with better materials earlier on. It's going to cost you a little bit more money, but it's way more enjoyable to work with, way more enjoyable to work with, and you'll, you'll, you'll love doing it even more. So that would be mine. All righty. I think uh, the next question will probably be the last one. Yep. And that is also from Mr. Ed Mancini. Um. If you could go back, what would you change about your YouTube channel? Uh, And I picked this one specifically because I'm at a point now where I do feel like I'm going to pivot. I feel like the title of your channel, I wouldn't change anything about my journey, right? Because I just started posting videos, right? Um, And it got me to where I am now. Um, I made a lot of mistakes and I learned, but 
the naming of your channel, even though I'm still not fully convinced that this matters so much, but I probably would have done something a little bit more broad to keep the possibilities open and not have to deal with the headaches of people complaining. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's why my YouTube channel is actually Ben's Woodworking and more. <laughs> that's just because, yeah. you know, if I post something and, but the whole, the whole, the funny thing about that is like, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't, whether I'm Ben's Woodworking or Ben's Woodworking and more, like I just put in more so I could tell people when I do a video that's not specifically woodworking. Yeah, like, well, my channel's like, not just for that. Like what's Nike? Yeah. It's it's what they made it to be. I mean, obviously they pour billions of dollars in advertising, but point is that, you know, it, it is just a name and it's really about the value that's that's attached to the name that that's that's what really matters. I guess I just wish that and this I guess this isn't technically just related to YouTube, but um you know, maybe just coming up with something that was a little more open-ended, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but I mean, I kind of took care of the problem. Um, I guess typical mistakes I, before you start a YouTube channel, I, I'm a big advocate for just getting on there and starting. Uh, there's some people that completely disagree with me on that, but of course you're going to have better success if you follow certain <laughs> techniques and stuff like that. But if you get too wrapped around the axle on what to do to be a, to be successful, you can drive yourself freaking crazy. Um, especially if you're just an average person, if you're somebody that, you know, looks at all of this in a very specific scope. Um, that's a different story. But for me, you know, I just posted videos and started to build an audience and saw what worked and saw what I enjoyed. That's the biggest part of it. You got to figure out what you're good at and you got to figure out what you like, because when you figure out what you're good at, that's when you can leverage it. You don't know what you're good at until you get a response from an audience. Um, if you just wing it right off the bat and and go with one very specific thing and it's successful, then great. Um, but that's not everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm good at I'm yeah. good at teaching. I'm good at explaining things. I'm not a funny. I can't make you know funny, super entertaining videos like Jason Hibbs does. You know I don't have a lot of yeah. I, I on screen or on camera humor yeah I if if humor. i did that like i don't think i'm not a i don't think i'm an unfunny person but yeah it's just not sustainable yeah like i don't want to yeah overthink i'm good at explaining things i think that's what yeah. i'm gonna leverage i also have a lot of really cool expensive tools that everybody wants i'm gonna leverage that you know what i mean yeah um yeah and so that but i didn't know that when i started <laughs> i didn't know that my first instructional video, I started off by saying this video is going to suck, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And it ended, I, it I, ended I think, up being one of my better videos. I, I think that no, whatever your background is, as far as like career or previous experience, that you, you do have to leverage that, mm -hmm. right? So both of us were drill sergeants. We, we can leverage our ability and RVCC instructors. We can leverage our ability to teach others in our content. There are people that have backgrounds in in marketing and advertising they can leverage that with their youtube channel and come at it from a, a completely different perspective and jason kind of alluded to that earlier yeah and some people are very good at that <laughs> very good Lincoln at it. street however that is one of them yeah that's that that's his career 
apart from woodworking. So yes, he would be able to leverage that that knowledge and that the the procedures of doing things a certain way and, and the the application of, of that knowledge. But not everybody is that, and so you have to you have to again lean in on your strengths, um, and then use that to kind of help with your channel. Um, you know, there's there's nothing that I would change about my YouTube channel because it's amazing. I was just looking at it. Well, I mean, every video I'm happy about. Like, there's not a video that I look back on. I was like, ah, oh, I probably shouldn't have made that. Really? Because I feel that way just about every single one of your videos. <laughs> my my first YouTube channel, yes, there were videos that that I was like, why did I even make this? Or even even my motorcycle channel, there's videos like, why did I do that? But that was that was just a part of the learning experience. And and I'm with you, Jason, where it's like where some people say, don't just hit the record button. Well, like for a lot of people, that's the biggest hurdle, you know. Um, and so I, I don't I think that's unfair pressure or unfair advice, I guess, because that's not that's not everybody. I, you know, I'm glad you said that. I agree with that. And here's why. Because you can be one of two people. You can be the guy that just hits a record button and learns and figures it out. Or you can be the guy that overanalyzes and overthinks everything and never hits that record button. Yeah. And a conversation that I have with a ton of people, matter of fact, I was having a conversation today, is people think it's too late to get on YouTube. It's too late to get on social media. Somebody's already done this before. The, this, this niche is too crowded. There is an audience for everybody. And if you think that YouTube is going anywhere, we are only seeing the beginning. The yeah. next 10 years on like YouTube is probably going to be extremely exciting. Um, yeah. And if you are passionate about anything, you got to share it. But the way you got to share it yeah. is to hit the damn record button. Yeah. And and you said it before too, Jason. It's like with, with and, and I'm just saying this because this is just how you, you, you phrase it and I just appreciated it. You know, you're like, April Wilkerson has however many subscribers, right? Over a million. Just because they are her subscriber doesn't mean that they are gone. Yeah. That they're just, they're on a completely different planet now. Like, so just because you see a lot of saturation in a certain industry is not uh, an indication that you shouldn't go there. It's an indication that this area is popular, that there are people that find it interesting. And, you know, maybe there's, you know, like I think about whenever I watch a product review or I'm looking, I'm looking to buy something. I was just going to ask you this question. As many, I want to see as many different perspectives as, as I can that, that will help kind of shape and answer the questions that I have. Right. If, if I watch, cause there's, there's never been an all inclusive review of a product that I've ever watched where I walked away saying, you know what? I don't need to watch any other videos because this one video did it. Unless it was mine. There's never been one of those. Huh? Unless it was one of my videos. Right. I don't make videos oh, do. on weird uh, sex toys, though. <laughs> but y you know, so people are—they're—they're they're, especially when they're in the purchasing mindset. They're—they're they're trying to gather up as much information as they can, and so you know, your your perspective is different because it's based upon your experience with with the product, and someone is going to find that valuable. You know, the fact that you have a tool that someone else doesn't have, and they want that tool means that your perspective has value, right? I mean, we can go into like the weeds about, you know, how to shoot videos well and how to do thumbnails and titles, all this other stuff. That's a totally different conversation. 
but just understand that your perspective has value for other people and it, it, it could help someone out to share it. You know, Jason, how you were saying earlier, I love it when people comment and saying, this helped me out so much. Thank you. Like that's, to me, that's where the most enjoyment comes in, in making videos mm-hmm. is because it helps someone else try to accomplish whatever it is that they were trying to accomplish. And to me, that that's a win, you know, am I, Am I making hundreds of thousands of dollars? No, not at this moment. But at least my content is continuing to help out other people. There are older videos. People still comment on it saying, this is so great. Thank you. Like, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. What were we going to say? No, I I was just going to ask you, like, how many times have you wanted to know information about, like, the Shaper, right? Did you only watch one video on the Shaper? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I researched for months on You know that. how many videos I've watched over the past four days on the Graco, I think it's the X5, the one that I'm yeah, thinking about. Quite a doing. bit, I'm sure. Tons. And most of the yeah. videos that I watch, like, you know, they're, this isn't to be negative or, or sound rude. They're like nobody's on YouTube, right? They mm-hmm. get might have like a thousand views on the video or whatever, but I want to hear their perspective on it. Absolutely. And then I've seen, you know, other people that, you know, have, massive channels and we're talking about it and they probably got the stuff for free but i still want to hear their perspective about it absolutely um but i didn't just watch one i'm like yep this is the one i'm gonna do and then i was like well let me compare this to this you know you start going down that rabbit hole and once you gather all the data then you make your decision and the people that are giving that data are people like you yeah well not like you ben wait what do you they're not losers all right well, I think we're good on questions. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we just wanted to, to thank everyone that submitted questions for this episode, episode 35. Again, it's been more. Another community. It's been another community episode. We, we uh, I think we're starting to run thin on our backlog now, so we should start opining for more in a few weeks. Hey, but anyways, ben, but here's an idea. Why don't, since we have a website now, mm-hmm. why don't you create a form submission that's connected to a Google Doc? And then we, questions. yeah, we can just tell people on every episode, like, hey, yeah. if you have questions that you want answered, go to greensuiterspodcast.com, fill out the Google form, and then we never have to worry about it again. We don't have to post about it in our stories. We don't have to do any of that other stuff. And then if somebody thinks of a question, like right now, like, why is Jason Bent so handsome? We'll have that on here for the next episode, and that's easy to do. Yeah, we can God, do that. I'm full of great it's ideas. I know now. I know why my wife married me. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for everyone's favorite segment called "Get the Bent." <laughs> Jason, it it would appear that you have your phone in your hands and that you are retrieving. The internet's greatest hatred. The internet's hatred. Towards you. Yeah. So, I'm going to do something different tonight. I'm not reading a YouTube comment. I am going to go on Instagram. The gram. On the gram. But the reason why this is uh, significant is because today... I posted a reel, and that reel was me installing the garage door insulation kit, uh, one piece of it, 
And I'm going to read you what I wrote in the uh, little blurb real quick. So it says, got my single door insulation installed today. This is the third garage I have used this exact product in, and it's great. I will be doing a video on YouTube or on how to install it on this new shop build out series. And this is where it gets good. Then I put, oh, and I can't wait to read the comments of people telling me how my springs are going to explode because I installed these. So I went into it knowing that I was going to get hatred. I posted this video and within three minutes, <laughs> the very first comment and my comments have gone uh, relatively crazy since posting because people are all going back and forth with each other on this. All right. So I'm just going to read these two specific. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people are writing comments because I made that little joke in the, in the write up. And also because they know about the get bent segment on our podcast, which I think is super cool. Dude, Nicole is just roasting people. Yes. My wife got involved. <laughs> My wife got involved. That's hilarious. She was like loving it. So this first one says, most worthless insulation ever. Use it and you'll be replacing it because it never stays put. That was not the first comment I got. Um. <laughs> This person comments, this is the very first comment I got, and this is the one that my wife even got involved. And it says, What shit? Doesn't work. Waste of time. You might as well buy the correct insulation. Which is? Yeah, right. Uh, what? This has, oh, this one comment has like 15 comments underneath it, and it's people just going back and forth and roasting people. <laughs> My wife, I'm going to read what my wife responded with. She says, uh, then you're doing it wrong. Not the first time using it. And it lasted several years. Let me know if you need help installing it correctly. <laughs> my wife is so savage. And then even pe people are even hating on Keith. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't know he was joking. <laughs> uh, and then he says, he responded to Nicole and says, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's the same insulation that you put in your walls. It's not meant to put on garage doors. Yes, you can do it, but it's not meant for it. Maybe you need installer's perspective to tell you how it really is. And I'm like, okay, of course. This guy is a garage door installer. Um, and then my wife, my wife commented again. I bet you're fun to hang out with. Come check it out at a shop sometime, maybe in a year or two, and see how it's holding up. <laughs> I love my wife. She's funny, man. She was all into it. But it's funny that, like, people... Okay, so <coughs> the first house we did this in was in Georgia. And I found them at Home Depot. They're Owens Corning garage door insulation kits. They cost $99 and each kit will cover the size of a single car garage door. So for a three car garage, you need three kits. Mm -hmm. And so 300 bucks. 
we in Georgia, our master bedroom is above the garage. And in Georgia, it gets really hot. So in the summertime, our master bedroom was always very hot. And we installed one of those and made a significant difference immediately. Note, very noticeable. And so since then, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I wasn't woodworking back then. So we moved to the new house and I put them on there. Well, obviously my mini split and the insulation in that shop was fantastic. I was like, why would I not use these again? There's another reason why I'm using them in this shop for the third time, which I've bought every single time is they're going to do a lot of good for uh, dampening noise as well, right? Because it's insulation. It'll stop the reverberation of sound. Yep. And it's going to stop the noise transfer. It's going to, it's going to help with the acoustics in the shop. Probably not significantly, but it's better than having nothing because now I don't have sounds just bouncing off a metal door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do make, they do make a difference. Uh, I've used them many times and they are worth the small cost and very easy installation. Oh, and by the way, they don't fall out. Like I've, I've had one, I think in Georgia, I think I had one after a long time that, that fell down on a side. It didn't fall out because there's clips in it, but it fell down on one side. I'm going to explain that in the video. And then I had another one in my last shop that fell out one time and I shoved it back in like the corner of it fell out when it was in the up position and I shoved it back in. Well, there's a simple solution. It's called taping the seams. (laughs) <laughs> then they don't fall at all, but it's really not necessary. So anyway, I'm actually excited to do that, that video. I think that'll be a good video because I got tons of questions about that when I did my five garage mods. Mm-hmm. People would ask like, what is that? And I'm like, well, if you look in the link down below, <laughs> you'll see what it is, buddy. If you follow the instructions. Yeah. Or what I, when I say, if you want to know about any of these products, I'll leave links down below. And I was that wasn't even an affiliate link. That was just a link straight to Home Depot. Jeez. Anyway, I haven't been getting a lot of negative, probably because I haven't been posting videos. I've been getting a lot of positive comments, but not a lot of negative comments on YouTube lately. It's probably because I'm yeah. amazing. <laughs> Extremely handsome and very well endowed. All the all the trolls are are out in the in the forest hunting for meat. Yeah. They're probably giving it all to Jason Hibbs. <laughs> Is that all you got this week? That's all I got. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and end it on that one. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for joining in on this podcast, episode 35. We thank you so much for being here. And Sedge, we hope that you have fun at Rubio. We're glad that you're Without not here us. because. Because now I don't have to correct any audio. Oh, so. ooh, you hear that, Sedge? <laughs> he does have a pop filter now. Pop. It's not it's the same when Sedge is in here, though. He's not loud. He's just dynamic. He's not the he's same, it, or it's not the same when Sedge is in here because I feel like we don't get to make any old person jokes. And he doesn't get to make any um, inappropriate jokes. Yeah, <laughs> very inappropriate. <laughs> we love you, Sedge. We miss you. Love you, buddy. See you this weekend. All right, everybody. We're going to get out of here. Yeah, we got real things to do. Yeah, I got stuff to do. Yeah, like plan a wedding because I have no balls. My name is Ben Marshall. <laughs> what color is your dress going to be, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
right, bye, everybody. Bye. bye.